Welcome to the Idaho PTA podcast, Voices for Idaho Kids, the podcast that explores ways to support your educational community, paths to bring families and schools together, and options to help Idaho students realize their greatest potential. This is our... This is our second episode together. Second episode. This is exciting because it's fun to have a co-host. I'm loving it. On this. And it was really awesome when we came together as a board and said, hey, we have this opportunity. And I said, is there anyone that's interested? And you were like, yes, I totally am. You have always been the PTA member on the state board who is really into like legislation and advocacy. You know, everyone Mm -hmm. has a role to play. And not necessarily like a role to play, but everyone has something that they're interested in, mm-hmm. right? Like some people, we've got someone who serves on the state board who's really interested like in making sure that the finances are right. Which is amazing. Right? And that we're following the rules. You know, everyone has their strengths too in that. And so to me, that's what advocacy is for Idaho PTA, that we all have these different things that we care about. And also it's really important to be aware Right, like an informed parent, mm-hmm. right, to be informed. Speaking of being informed, our topic for today is Advocacy Day, uh, which has to do with not only parents being informed, but our legislation being informed from the PTA and from the parents. Mm-hmm. So, to get into that, can you explain to us what is Advocacy Day? Yeah, so Advocacy Day now in 2024 is when Idaho PTA members, and we're actually inviting all parent groups to this, so PTO, boosters, and any other parent that's not involved in a parent group or community member, right? Because to be a PTA member, you do not have to be a parent or a teacher. It can Mm -hmm. be anyone. Which a lot of people don't know. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. So that's like... If you're a grandma and your your grandkids are in school... Or even not, if you're just somebody who loves kids. Yes. Well, actually, I just recently read that 25% of all citizen engagement is through an education institution. So meaning that 25% of all of the volunteer work that a community generally does is focused on some component of education and kids and involved on some level there. And so this is why it's like, hey community members we want you to be involved in our association because your voice matters because these schools these kids are at the heart the center of our communities Mm -hmm. so we've got advocacy day and advocacy day really at the heart is an opportunity for association members to share their voice with our state legislators to hear from our state legislators and to interact with our state legislators and to learn what is going on at the state capitol. That's going to happen, I want to say this date several times, Tuesday, January 23rd at the Idaho State Capitol in the Lincoln Auditorium. At what time? From 9 to 4. Okay. And we are serving lunch. And we always invite all the legislators. Last year, several legislators came. And it was really cool because, first of all, lunch is catered by... Uh, we've had a couple of different groups, but this year we are having a group from Nampa. Their culinary arts students will come oh, and they make the lunch. They, you know, they make the lunch and then they come and serve the lunch. 
So it's awesome. I love that we get to highlight that. It's so cool. And then last year, we had students from Pocatello come. And just all the tables were filled. And it was a great opportunity to interact with our legislators. Remind me just in a little bit, I'll tell you about a moment from there. Um, but I think something that's really important to note is that Advocacy Day has changed over time based on what members need so and what they're interested in. So long ago, there used to be a legislative day and an advocacy day. Those were two separate things. One occurred in the fall time and then one occurred in during the legislative session. And the reason it occurred, one occurred during the fall time was because Idaho PTA wanted to hear from their members and members would come to a designated area, right, someplace in the state, and they would share what they wanted the state to focus on. And they would sometimes create resolutions as to what would be the focus. And that would be like... I think they called that legislative day and no, excuse me, advocacy day. Actually, I don't know how they made the distinction because I think it could be argued either one. And I'm sure an old past president is going to be listening to this going, Alexis, you're getting it wrong. We're going to get a comment. If you know which one, comment. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's good. Yes, please. If you know which one, comment. So, and so then in January or during the legislative session, sometimes it was in February and now it's more in January, there is a day where all members come together and they share, you know, their purposes and someone from the PTA board, it's over the years, it's either been the vice president of advocacy or the state president stands in front of the House Ed Committee, uh, and, well, that's the House Education Committee and the Senate Education Committee. There's two different committees, right, and two of the different houses there or bodies of legislators and then they represent the the body of Idaho PTA and share what their values are and so this year we've got a great lineup of a lot of different key players around the state who are going to come and speak to us and we get to give our feedback and then we get to mingle with our state leaders so tell me how this breaks down so we show up at nine mm-hmm we have, you said we have a great lineup. What does that look like? What is our, what is the line? Does that mean specific senators, specific congressmen? What is, what does our great lineup look like? Okay. So this is, it's interesting because just this year, JFAC, which is the joint finance and I think it's joint finance and appropriations committee. They're the ones that deal with all the money. And I think I got that acronym right, but I'm not 100%. Comment below. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you keep saying it. There's a lot of acronyms around the state. There are, honestly. So JFAC, they decided this year that they are not going to have weeks. So for many, many, many years, they've had education week. And that usually falls within the third or fourth week of January. Mm. And so, and they usually have the heads of the department come and testify in front of JFAC, hey, this is how much money we want appropriated to our department. They've changed that this year. It's kind of a big deal. 
And I just happen to know a couple people who work in the state who have shared this with me. And I'm really, like, really grateful that they've shared this with me. And so the idea now is that instead of the leaders, like the state leaders in, of these departments, they are now going to have the like policy analysts. So I have a friend who is a policy analyst, and she is going to be sharing the requests, the budget requests from the department. Now, there's lots of different reasons for that, but ultimately what that means is that the how the committees have kind of been, I think everyone's been stalling a little bit mm-hmm. to figure out how the session's going to lay out. The legislative session happens generally between, always starts in January, and it goes until March. I think sometimes they've like gone a little bit into April, but they like to finish that in March. And so for us... One of the things that Idaho PTA does and a lot of other associations do is they request to be a part of a to stand in front of a committee and testify. And so Idaho PTA has put in that request to stand in front of the House Ed and the Senate Ed Committee. Last year, only the Senate Ed Committee heard Idaho PTA. I'm not quite sure why the House didn't hear Idaho PTA. Mm -hmm. They might not have met on that day, it's possible, or they might not have had time in their schedule. There's a lot of reasons for that. So this year for Idaho PTA, we're going to meet at 9 o'clock and we're going to have – We're going to hear from the two members of the House Education Committee who have really branded themselves as education specialists in the legislature. So that's going to be great for us. And Mm -hmm. these two legislators have some really good resources for parents parents and community members to be able to access to understand what's going on. One of the things that's really cool, I went to one of their, they had like a day at the Capitol, and one of these legislators shared that what he, often what uh, legislators will do is at the end of the week, they will have a, like a recap of all the things that happened that week, and they'll send out their newsletters. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you can sign up to get anybody's newsletter. But what this guy does is that he sends a newsletter at the beginning of the week, These are things to look for that are going to be happening. And I really like that. And so we're going to be hearing from these two members. We're going to have an opportunity then, fingers crossed, the House Ed always meets in the morning and the Senate Ed Committee meets in the afternoon. So I'm really hoping that we can get in front of the House Ed Committee, which means we as an association are going to have an opportunity to testify That means I will stand up in front and I will talk about what is a priority for Idaho PTA. I've already been thinking about what I'm going to say for that. Um, I've been thinking about it for a while, actually. And then we are going to, we'll be able to hear that committee discuss whatever topic is on their agenda. And that's really important because that helps us be more informed as participants in Idaho, right? People in Idaho so that we know what's going on and just also to understand their process. And then we're going to have an opportunity to hear from the Idaho School Boards Association Deputy Chief Government Affairs Liaison. She's going to talk to us about what some of the priorities are this year, what some things to be watching for. So that's going to be really awesome. We have someone from the Department of Ed who's going to come and share with us about the new website that the Department of Ed has specifically for community members, parents, to go to their website and give them an opportunity to give them feedback on their website. 
And then we're also just waiting for a couple of other key players to kind of speak up. I know that the superintendent of public instruction, Debbie Critchfield, she is, they were kind of waiting to see when Ed Week was. And the last I heard that she was going, she's definitely planning to be there at lunch. And so that is, and then in the afternoon, we're going to have an opportunity to hear from a couple of other, uh, like potentially a lobbyist um, that lobbies different legislators to understand that process. An opportunity for us as PTA members to talk about what's important to us and know how to advocate, like what that looks like. Uh, I gave a presentation last year, and I'll probably incorporate some of those ideas on what it means to be a good advocate. And really, at the end of the day, an advocate is someone who can express what they're thinking and go from basically a tough conversation to a courageous conversation Mm. and know how to work through some of those components. And then the day will pretty much conclude with the Senate Ed Committee meeting. So we'll get to hear from... Uh, hopefully we'll be able to testify at that committee meeting and then and they ask questions too I'm gonna have to field some questions and then we'll be able to see what's on their priority okay so senate committee members had they will be what I'm hearing is advocacy day is going to be information given from our leaders education leaders to the parents and then there's also an oppor- an opportunity for is it just the PTA to speak or are parents going to have an opportunity to ask questions to the head of these committees and departments of education or is this where we most parents are going to be sitting and taking in information yeah they're going to be taking in information when it comes to those committee meetings because they are they're very formal right that's the way that congress works and so it is when they have a when something's on their agenda you have to sign up to speak right so if there's something on the agenda that you're like hey i want to you know share my voice in two to three minutes you can have an opportunity to do that but what this really is is coming together as parents and teachers and community members around the state idaho ptas right we're we're an association and we're going to be stand like i'm going to be standing there in front of all of these ed committee members and saying these are our priorities these are our expectations this is what we want from you and this is what we're doing around the state and these are our priorities mm-hmm. and so it's and then also when we have these different department heads come in and speak to us while we're sitting in the Lincoln Auditorium this is an opportunity for us to ask questions so when the two members from the house ed committee come and speak to us we will have an opportunity to ask questions the PTA will have the an PP, opp- PTA all members all members of the PTA will have an opportunity so if you're just a parent you may not have a member or an opportunity to speak if you're a member of the PTA you may have an opportunity to speak no 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 sorry so when like so I, I I see myself sitting in the Lincoln Auditorium it's just like an auditorium mm-hmm. and it you know there's seating and it's a really beautiful room we'll be sitting there together and then the two house ed committees will members will come in and they will talk about what they do some of their different processes and then they'll open it up for questions gotcha anyone in that room can ask a question okay so there there is a kind of a question and answer that they will take yep you mentioned talking about the PTA's initiatives and and kind of um, the PTA speaking on on what's important 
can you give us a sneak peek or a snippet from what you will be addressing? Mm. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, funding always comes up. And one of the things that I've really been thinking about is the so often when we think about the funding formula and how education is funding. So some education funds come out of the general fund and that's what is given to the districts and that's that funding formula you'll hear people talk about and they're working through the superintendent of public instruction has her committee and these are you know made up of different people including legislative members who are trying to figure out the funding formula so that you know it's basically how much money do they give per student based on when they're there and their attendance to every district that's the funding formula then we also have different ways that education is funded we have the supplement we have the levies and bonds and districts then go out and those levies are, that's an, bonds and levies are an opportunity for the district to be able to ask for money from their local community. And I use the word opportunity almost with like slight tongue in cheek mm -hmm. in that it is a very, it's a challenge, but it's an opportunity for the district to show and express accountability to their community members. Well, I think, well, the funding formula that those bonds and levies and the rules associated around those have changed over time. Mm. And so often when we talk about funding, we talk about how it impacts schools and teachers and student learning outcomes, right? Those are particular outcomes that we see. And so often in our society, we are driven by outcomes, mm. right? So much of this has turned into outcomes. But one of the things that I've been really thinking about and trying to figure out how to integrate this into this message is that the way the funding is structured in Idaho when it comes to bonds and levies is actually a pressure. It's a pressure point for parents in these groups and for teachers, right? And it's a pressure for mothers and fathers to make up the shortfall when when districts cannot get these bonds and levies passed mm -hmm. and so we don't really talk about funding in that way right we talk about funding from a teacher and a student perspective but we don't make it personal on a parent level and what i want to try to do is make it personal on a parent level for our legislators to see that hey we've been thinking about it like this way for a really long time but one of the goals of Idaho PTA is to get as much information into the hands of parents as possible. That's been one of our major goals this year. And, and share with the legislator, these are the things that, what, that we've been doing to meet those goals. But also to inform our legislators that the way they do business puts pressure on parents that we don't need because we're supposed to be partners with our schools. Can I get an amen? Can somebody give me an amen? <laughs> I love it. It's so true though. It's mm -hmm. so true and it's not talked about enough. And I love that this is something you're bringing up to legislation on advocacy day and why every parent needs to be there because every parent feels this. You feel this on a personal level. We've all felt it. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things people talk about with the PTA. It's Oh, are they going to ask for a donation? Are they going to ask for funding? Well, why are we? Why is that become the norm? It's because legislation and funding 
the way they have been operating business is putting that pressure on us to do so. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited that you are going to be bringing this up. I think so many people are passionate about this. And there is a, such a lack of information about levies and bonds and why this is important. And I, I'm just so excited that this is going to be a focal point because I think this hits home with a lot of parents. And this is why parents need to show up. Yes. You need to show up and show support that, yes, hello, we need more funding that's not putting it back on the, the mothers and fathers, but specifically as we talked about the mothers. Yeah. Yes. And I and the reason for me when I think about that is because there, you know, the way that we do education has changed over the years and where parents can show up has changed over the years. And the pressure that parents and community feels, the community feels has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. When I think about what school was like in the 80s and 90s, it is different than what it is like today. Totally. And and I think that because of that, there is a, we have, we as adults have so many different things that we are focusing on. And it's interesting, you know, like not to, not to go down this rabbit hole, but this idea that, oh, well, one of the things that we were told when the internet was coming, you know, was up and coming. And then, you know, we have our cell phones and we have our just different way to keep ourselves organized, that this was going to allow us to be more efficient with our work and give us more time for, for other things besides work Mm -hmm. and what's interesting now as I have watched different things and I've heard different analysts on this topic it's that it's made us busier and made it so that people are doing more work Mm -hmm. because now you can get more work done Mm -hmm. and so this idea that well you know when I even think about kids and what is happening for them in their social life there are so many more things that they're involved in my kid cannot start basketball in the ninth grade in high school or even the seventh grade if for basketball, right, in middle school. If he wanted to play basketball, he would have to start. They're three. Yeah. <laughs> like so, so early. And so just like, I mean, to, my, to the idea that things have changed and evolved over time. And so there really is something to be said for, hey, parents, the way that we are funding education right now this is the kind of pressure it puts on us. And I don't know other than I do think it's important for the legislators to feel pressure from parents, but also for them to realize that they are part of the problem. And this is something that I have started. I mean, I've really been involved. I have really been interested in mm, politics over the years, like my Like, you know, just hearing my parents and my family members talk about, you know, these kinds of things. But just recently, I've been noticing in the news over this last, over, you know, over the 2023 year that, you know, school, in some fashion, legislators are contributing to the distrust between parents and districts. I mean, we had the House Speaker, Mike Moyle go on record as saying that it is inappropriate for districts to be asking for a bond or levy in the month of March because he claimed it was gaming the system. And so because of that, 
his comments then deeply impact how parents could potentially feel about their district. And for parents maybe who aren't that aware of how things are going, now all of a sudden they have this extra layer of like, what's really happening here? And the fact is that legislators just this last year, they went from a district being able to have a bond or levy at any time during the year in 2011, they took that away and they said, you know what, you can have it four times a year, March, May, August, and November. And then just this legislative session, they said, we're going to take away your March election. And by the way, the March election is the was historically the most effective date for passing bonds and levies. Now, Idaho has a carries a heavy burden because districts have to do a supermajority to pass that bond and yes, people could argue that there is something to be said for districts needing to make sure they express that accountability and they're being appropriate with their funds. I'm going to agree on all those things, right? Like all those all those key parts are important. But the thing that gets me is that legislators, I think what I hope that they take from this kind of idea that I share just in terms of this pressure that parents are feeling that legislators are a part of this equation that's contributing to this pressure mm-hmm. and parents we want them to be partners I mean what is it like for you to feel have you felt the difference between the pressure that you feel from raising funds and being a partner in your school like what's the difference for you I think one puts you out of touch and puts stress and one puts you in a place of collaboration and um, I think a joint focus and goal and camaraderie and community as opposed to feeling like I need to go get a third job Mm -hmm. to support my child's school and the insane amount of inflation that's happened to support my household. I mean – That alone, honestly, the the amount of inflation that has happened in compared to the levies, the bonds, and the schools, and what's being paid out, there's such a discrepancy. And to keep asking parents who are already putting their children in public school to fund more money of the school, which is technically – I mean, that's not how it's set up. That's not how it was supposed to go. There is supposed to be free education. But it doesn't end up being free education. Not when we make it so that parents have to come up with all this additional support for, you know, for education. And when we're talking additional support, just as one example, Christine Donnell, which is the, the PTA that we've been, that I've been a part of, I think last year it was $45,000 just for Christine Donnell. I mean, $45,000. And that's we're putting in a new track. We're getting new instruments for because the instruments are gone and they're 30 years old. You know yes. what I mean? It's things like this where we feel like we need to fund. I personally feel like I have to give. And if I don't, my kid's not going to have new balls to play with on the track. They're not going to have a new track to run on. They're not going to have instruments that actually make the right sounds to learn music. Mm-hmm. I mean, basics, I mean, a clay, they were asking us for clay because they didn't have enough clay to, to do one project for the kids. So on a personal level, it really does impact 
And if, if it's just me, one person, I can't imagine. And it's not like we're, you know, in the poverty line as a family. We're a normal middle class family and we feel it. I feel it. I think, oh, my gosh, like how much money can we give because we need these things. And we're hearing all these proposals coming in from teachers asking for money. And that's where I think it's gotten so much pressure on the parent when the pressure needs to be on the district. The pressure needs to be on legislation. Exactly what you're saying. Legislation is contributing to the problem by not addressing these levies and these bonds and making it easier for them to get past. They're making it more difficult. Yes. And, and that goes against advocating for children. Mm-hmm. And I think to have parents involved to speak to that, saying, no, 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 we want funding for these schools. We want our children to not have to be in a pod outside of the school with zero, hardly any air conditioning or any heat or all, you know, the insane, I'm a real estate agent, the insane amount of influx that we've had from people coming in this state, we, our schools have to have more money. They just do. And that comes from exactly what you're talking about, getting in front of our legislation, getting in front of these committees as parents, there's power in numbers. The more people that show up that day, the more people that have that voice that say we agree, the better off that we all are in making a difference. So I, I'm so excited that these are your initiatives because I think it's so important. Have you felt funding on a personal level? I'm sure you saw it all the time in Lewiston. Yeah. You know, what was interesting was as PTA groups are doing their different ways to support their kids in their schools, I was really fortunate. At I was up in Whitman Elementary and I was really fortunate at the time to have a principal that really supported that parent partnership. And he also worked so hard to have to use the funding that he was given from the district for district for school initiatives. And then what the PTA was able to do was to provide extra complementary activities. And, and Lewiston is special because Lewiston has, um, there's three different districts in the state that have, that were districts before the state was a state. And because of that, they get to fund their district a little bit differently. Mm. And so Lewiston, it's Lewiston, Boise, and Emmett. Those communities were districts, they were districts before the state was a state. And so they are able to fund a little bit differently. And because they're able to fund a little bit differently, they have they have a little bit more flexibility in their budget. And so actually the Lewiston School District, prior to the governor of Idaho saying that the the teacher salary needed to be a base pay of a, around $40,000, and the state at the time I think was sitting at 32000 this was just a couple of years ago, by the way, the Lewiston School District was already at that minimum, I think they were like right above that minimum threshold of 40,000. I think they were sitting between 40 and 42. So they were already paying well above the state minimum. And to me, that shows the the great nature of the school district working with the teachers union and then also the parents group. So the parents group could bring in some different components that weren't just pressure, right? They didn't just feel that pressure. Not to say that they didn't feel pressure. I would say I probably have felt and seen more pressure since moving down into the Treasure Valley and seeing this on this level and seeing how some principals like these building leaders 
they like seeing PTAs as a cash box or PTOs as a cash box instead of partners in bringing that community in and helping support kids at home because at the end of the day that's really what we need from parents are to be able to support kids at home and help them with their schoolwork so that they can do well at school and but when parent groups feel this pressure to make up for these budget shortfalls um, I've sat in several parent groups and a teacher or a, a building principal will say, hey, this is what we're requesting. And my question always is, why isn't the district funding that? And part, quite frankly, part of the reason the district is funding that is not because the district is being delinquent with their money and their funds. It's because they can't get the local community to support the levier bond. And we're, you know, we see this around the state. Just in November, 100% of the bonds failed. We had two schools that went for it and two schools that failed. Now, the levies have a different threshold. Bonds, you have to have a supermajority, which is a 66.67%. And bonds have to do with buildings. That's the easiest way to remember it. And then levies, you can have your supplemental levy or your plant facilities levy. And those can have a range in terms of what they cover in terms of maintenance, building operation, and you can use a plant facility levy to also build new. But I think what people don't realize is there's a major disconnect between what things cost and how much it takes to run a district. The fact is it takes a lot of money to run a district. Mm -hmm. Roofs and roofs are like, not a flashy thing to talk about, but they cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to replace. Mm -hmm. And I think what's really important to understand in Idaho is that most of our buildings were built a really long time ago. And what we often hear from some of these older generations is, hey, that building was good enough for me in the 1950s and 60s. Why isn't it good enough for our kids in Idaho in 2024? Let me tell you why. Because 1950, 1960, 1970 was a really long time ago. <laughs> and the way, the way that we teach, what we teach, the technology that's integrated today is different than it was in, 20, in 1950. And also, the buildings are deteriorating they are falling apart and our district administrators and our teachers are doing the best they can with what they have. Full truly, stop. Like truly. God bless them. Yes, they are doing the best. They, and when I was actually just recently thinking about this because I was like, gosh, if I moved into a home from 1950 and as a matter of fact, like I've got family members that live in homes, you know, from these time periods, guess guess what what is one of the first things you do when you move into an old home? I was just going to bring this up. You replace your roof, your HVAC. You, I mean, every you're, you check the electricity. That has to be updated. Every little, every major thing, every major thing that costs the most amount of money has to be updated. Yeah, your roof is expensive. Your HVAC is expensive. Your electricity, your all your wiring, it's expensive. It's the same thing with the schools. You're absolutely right. It takes a lot of money to keep these schools updated and you can't say it was good enough for me i mean insurance won't even insure a house with a roof over 30 years they're going to tell you to replace it yes before they even insure it and we're over here like 
yeah put our kids they're fine yeah is it leaking you're fine yeah so they renovate like right like people get into these homes and they hundred percent they renovate them and so we've got kids and all sorts of different types of buildings you know i mean originally things were built with asbestos so what do we do we say okay we're going to be really careful about how right we've come up with ways to deal with working around asbestos and and different boiler rooms you know like gosh they're constantly like replacing boilers and making sure that they work and and i'm telling you right now there are some really remarkable people who work in building maintenance in our districts around the state. I believe it. Yeah, they're, they care about what they do. They care about these kids. But also one of the things that I think is missed when we think about our schools are that our schools are at the heart of our communities. This is These schools are important. They're not just schools for kids. They're schools for our communi- communities. Mm-hmm. And We're raising up the next generation. Raising up the next generation. I mean, there are often when we think about what happens in our schools, it's not just educating our kids. We'll have community fairs in our schools, like craft fairs will be there. And gosh, I was just at a I was at a football game a couple like in October of last year. And there there at that stadium was community member. You know, there were community members football players, staff, students, marching band, cheerleaders, dance team, mascots, all sorts of people were at that event. And as I was sitting there kind of watching, taking it all in, I thought, this is my community. Here we are at this facility. And it's at the heart of what we're doing right now. And that's what I feel like people need to um, just remember when we're talking about asking or be or wanting our legislators to be mindful of what they're doing that we're real people and we have we have real experiences real feelings these are really our kids and our communities and it's important for them to hear from us on these different components and so When I think about Advocacy Day, one of the things that has happened over the years is this, like, this tearing apart of parent groups. This idea that, well, we originally started as Idaho PTA. It was the only parent group in the state of Idaho. And then parents, you know, they said, well, we really don't want to be involved that, but we still want to have our parent group. So we're just going to start this organization over here. And, you know, well, boosters are over here and they're they're doing their different things, which I think, hey, in Idaho, we're all about doing what works for you. And the thing that I want people to remember is that or to know the thing that I want people to know is that we at Idaho PTA want your voice and we want you to be integrated into our advocacy and what we're doing. And Whether so, you are a part of a PTA or not. Right. And so we want all parents and community members who care about kids, who want to advocate for them, to come join us at the at the Capitol on Advocacy Day on January 23rd at 9 o'clock. Um, that, you know, I there's this great example right now in my community. I've got, gosh, my daughter was at an elementary school and she just finished, but at this elementary school, there was a PTA. And this is our, this is Andrus Elementary PTA. I loved it there. We've got great leaders who are at that school. 
And then we've got, then now she's at Eagle Middle School. And Eagle Middle School has PTO. And it was because just a couple years ago, a woman came in from out of state and she shared, she was telling me that they didn't have a parent group there. And in her state, they were, they had PTOs and that's all she was familiar with. So she started a PTO. I'm convinced that had she been familiar with PTAs, she would have started a PTA. Mm-hmm. But she started a PTO and she did great things at that school in bringing good things into for our kids and also for our teachers. And she has since moved on to the high school and she started a PTO at the high school. And I think the thing that's nice about that is that, gosh, you've got all sorts of different boosters for the different sports. But if your kid isn't involved in one of these organizations, then you don't have a parent group to be a part of. And one of the values of being a a part of a parent group is that you get to be clued in on what's happening, right? Mm -hmm. You get to meet people and create a base there, which I think is so valuable. So there is a new president at Eagle Middle School, and she's a friend of mine. And she was saying, hey, Alexis, I acknowledge we're a PTO, but you're doing some really awesome things. You guys are really doing some awesome things in Idaho PTA because I had been telling her all these things that we were doing. And I had been telling her that we are reaching out to other parent groups around the state and why we value all parents. And she said, I want to be clued into what you're doing. Like they're, I'm not asking to change their structure. They're not going to change their structure right now. But she said, will you tell me what is happening on the state level? And so some of these PTO parents are planning to come to our advocacy day. So great. That's what we need. Yes. This isn't about what group you're a part of. This is just being a parent. We happen to have a voice. We happen to have a platform. That's it. Other than that, this is just about parents mm-hmm. coming and and I, I'm I'm really excited because I think it's important not only for us to explain I think the pressures uh, on the parents, but it's really important to hear what our legislation has on their agenda, mm-hmm. and it's important to hear what's coming up in the next year and what we need to be on the lookout for to prepare to help get some of these levies passed and these bonds passed and. And fight for that, but also just be, you know, have awareness. A lot of a lot of parents, I feel like, don't prioritize their position with the government in schools when your kid is in public school. We're busy. We have things going on. But I'm telling you, if you can take this day and you can come this day, there's power in numbers. And we need the numbers. We need you to be there. We need you to have that voice to show your face because that's how we make, that's how we're going to make a difference. And that one day, who knows, who knows whose mind we change because you showed up. Mm-hmm. So I, I just really hope and I'm encouraging everybody to come to that day, whether you want to have something you want to share or, or just to sit and soak it up. But a lot of people don't – a lot of our parents don't have the information, truly. I'll tell you, before I joined the PTA, I really was not aware of what was going on. But when I joined the PTA, that's when all this information started coming in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I I have to get involved in this because if I don't speak up as a parent, nobody else will. Nobody else is going to speak up if we don't speak up as parents. So it's so important – for all of us to be there. And I'm really excited about your initiatives. I think those are spot on for what our parents are feeling in Idaho. 
Thank you. And I will say, I feel like these ideas come from talking with other parents, right? Mm -hmm. This is what people are feeling, and this is what Idaho PTA is focusing on. And we've got, to your point about parents being clued in, so often it's like, I don't know how to be clued in. Yes. I don't know where the resources are. And so Idaho PTA, actually, this is our new initiative. We are incorporating what is called voter voice onto our platform. And this is something that has not happened in the state of Idaho yet. And this is, it's an opportunity, Voter Voice is an opportunity for people to go to our website. And there is a tab at the top that says Voter Voice. And you can sign up to receive the newsletters. And now let me be really clear, it's not like newsletters, like we're going to be sending you one every week. That's not how we work. We're a bunch of volunteers here. We don't have time. We do not have time to be sending gobs of, of newsletters. But what it is, is that we are going to be, Idaho PTA is going to be tracking legislation. And so you can go to this website and see what legislation we're tracking, what we support. And it's an opportunity then for you if we send, if we, if you designate where you're living, like if you're living, you know, in the northern part of the state, then if something is happening in the northern part of the state or with, um, sorry, I keep hitting my microphone, with, nor uh, in that area, we can send an email that's just specific to you. Or we can send an email to the entire state and say, this is legislation that's coming up. This is going to hurt our kids in some fashion in this way. And this this platform then through that email will allow the recipient, the parent, the community member to send an email directly to their state legislators. I love that. Making it easy, which is really important, honestly. I, I've, I've, when I have had to reach out to my senators about issues, the easier the access the better. Yes. And you can like go right now, you could just go to our website, type in voter voice or click on the voter voice tab and then just like type in your zip code and it will tell you who everyone is. And you can then just write from there, send an email. And so I'm really excited about this platform integration because parents don't have this personalized experience mm -hmm. and we want to give them this personalized experience. We want families to be able to have this information in their homes so that they can just be aware. I think the more informed people can be, the better off we're going to have experiences that are going to positively impact our school communities. So this is something I'm really excited about. Me too. I think one thing I want to add kind of as we're wrapping up, just something that's been popping up. One thing about the PTA and what we're talking about advocacy and we're talking about legislation and government. One thing that I have noticed that I really respect about the PTA, there's never once been anything brought up about which political party you are affiliated with, who you're voting for, who you like and who you don't like. It has all been about kids do you want your kids fed do you want your kids safe who I don't care what political party you're a part of you want your kids safe you want your kids healthy you want your kids having the best education that they can have in the safest environment that they can be in and I think that is such a testament to to how amazing the PTA has been with the government is that it doesn't get involved in a political battle between anybody in our groups it's never, I haven't ever, no one, no one even mentions it. It's just about the kids and staying focused on what's 
safe and healthy for our kids. And it's really easy to agree on human basic needs for our children to happen, including funding. So I think I just want to throw that in there, that if you're worried, if anybody out there is worried, oh, am I going to agree with their initiatives? Am I going to agree with the political party? We don't go there. It's not about that. It is about basic needs for our kids being met and doing what's best for our kids to get their needs met. Yeah, exactly. I'm really glad you brought up that point. I wanted to share that one of my experiences during legislate uh, during advocacy day, which was at a lunch last year, we had like we go, we have this lunch right from these culinary students, and we're sitting around, and I'm noticing that I'm noticing that there's not. Like, oh, there could be a little bit more intermingling, right, between parents and legislators. And it's easy for legislators just to all sit at the same table together. Well, I noticed that five men are all sitting together at one table. And I thought, whoa, yo, like Idaho PTA is giving these guys a lunch. I'm going to have a conversation with them. Like, let's sit down and have a conversation. So I sit down and I go around the table and I am asking all of these legislators what they do. Like, what areas are you representing? And who are you? Like, what are you, like, just some of like, what do you do professionally? And how long you've been, you know, at the legislator, um, at the Capitol. And it was just interesting to get to know these people, right? And for them to hear what we're doing at Idaho PTA. And one of the things that I heard several years ago was from the National Institute of Civil Discourse, as they're working to try to bring more civility into the legislative process, is that when we as like public participants in politics in our communities as if when we get to know people we become more civil with them so true and so one of the thoughts that i had in my head was hey if these legislators can get to know someone in idaho pta then maybe they'll think of us when they're making their decisions And so that's really kind of at the heart of what is so important, I think, for Advocacy Day, for being there, and what really has been a priority for Idaho PTA for years. Mm -hmm. In 1992, it was called Idaho's Voice, it was the Idaho PTA newsletter, they shared resolutions that National PTA actually had Um, passed and that Idaho PTA supported. And these resolutions... Willingly supported. Yes, willingly. Yeah, based (laughs) on our last conversation, willingly supported. And it was calling for parent involvement in site-based shared decision-making so that they wanted to advocate for parental involvement and the site-based shared decision-making for the rights of they were, they were advocating for policies for the right for parent involvement in site-based decision-making. And they wanted, to, they wanted to advocate for models of site-based decision-making that provide for equitable participation among parents, students, community members, principals, teachers, and other staff that promote an environment in which parents are valued as essential partners in their children's education and development. Can you explain what that is? What is site? Ba- what is what what is what does that look like? Site based decision making. I mean, ultimately, what they're saying here is that at a public school, we want parents to be involved 
in important decisions that have to do with their kids. So site-based decision-making, you're saying you're in person, you're seeing it for yourself firsthand. Right. You're That's ha- your insight. Mm-hmm. Like, you yes. witnessed it. Yeah, like you're having, you're having input. So like one of the things, I mean, just recently, like my kid, I've got a couple of high schoolers and I want this teacher to help me understand how she does grading in her classroom. And so I sent her an email and I fully anticipate to hear from her about how she is grading in the classroom to help me understand so I can support my kid better through his processes, right? That would be parental involvement and site-based decision-making in my mind, Love it, right? And then also just like how different things are used, how kids spend their time. It's not that parents need to be, it's not parents micromanaging the education experience. It's parents being involved in the process. Mm-hmm. Do we understanding right? Do we value parent input? I've had some building principals who have made it abundantly clear that they don't really value parent input. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And so, what's interesting is that you know this resolution was passed in 1992, so over 20 years ago. While just in the start of the 2023 legislative session, our superintendent of public instruction, Debbie Critchfield, passed what's called the parental the Parents Bill of Rights, and And it was not, I wouldn't, there was some soft wording in there. It could have been a little bit stronger, but she chose to go with softer. Some soft, like good wording about how parents do have rights in knowing um, about different components of the education process, about consent that needs to be required from parents, about information that should that needs to be shared with parents in terms of the type of help that students are getting at schools and the amount of involvement that parents can expect to have at our public schools. And she made a really good point that so many of our districts do a good job in integrating parents, but she wanted to have in law, right, in Idaho code, that parents do have these rights. And so I think, gosh, you know, I look back all those years ago, those decades ago, where parents and teachers, as the Idaho Idaho PTA made this resolution, and now we have the superintendent that's supporting this, and there is still work to be done in terms of making sure that we are advocating for policies, and policies that also includes these rules around bonds and levies, that our parent voices are heard. And to that idea, as I was speaking with a leader from an association she recently in Idaho, she recently shared that when these association leaders stand in front of the Senate and the House and they tell them about their perspective on a particular issue as they're testifying, they're standing there representing their role, regardless of if they have children or not. And she said what she's heard from legislators are that when it has, you know, when it comes to issues with, you know, kids or whatnot, if we have, let's say there's a leader in the Department of Education, if she's standing there testifying, she's standing there testifying as the leader in the Department of Education. She's not testifying as a parent. Hmm. And the legislator doesn't really get you, let them have double roles. They... Meaning legislators want and need to hear from parents. 
And this is kind of where Idaho PTA steps in. We're the oldest and largest child advocacy group in the state of Idaho. We represent parents. I was just talking with another leader of a state organization, and she said, you know, as we sat around the table, we I asked people, who do you feel like, what stakeholder is missing here? And she said, it's the parents. And all the other stakeholders said, it's the parents. And they said, we need Idaho PTA at the table because they represent the parents in Idaho. And this is why we have our advocacy day. And this is why we need all parents' voices, a part of our association, to come together to advocate for our kids and to let our legislators know how the laws that they pass impact us as families and communities. I think to that point, too, something you brought up, having it comes from how we need the parents there. That comes from parents showing up at PTA meetings and talking about what their issues are and what their needs are, because those issues get funneled to the region, to the state, and in front of legislation. So if you can't show up for Advocacy Day for whatever reason, we hope you're there. But if you can't, go to your PTA meetings and express your concerns. Express your needs. Express those wants. That's what it's there for. Because it gets funneled up. Those are That's your parent voice as well. To be able to speak up in those meetings, say what you need, and let it get funneled up where we can advocate. So come to Advocacy Day. And if not, show up at your next PTA meeting. That's right. Yes. And... And even then, I acknowledge that there will be some parents. I had a friend who recently shared that she works full time and she said, you know, I've been really jealous of all of the mothers over the years who have the time to show up at their PTA meetings, who have time to show up and volunteer. She said, I've actually never had time to be able to do that in that way. And so I acknowledge that they're based on when meetings are, different people can and cannot come. And so it's about figuring out how to let your local unit leaders know, whether that's sending them an Instagram message, sending them an email, seeing them in the parking lot and expressing that concern to them, and doing that on the state level as well. You know, we want to hear from you. We want to know what is important to you, what experiences you're having. And as we do that, we create more of a sense of a community and a connection. So we've got, we have state leaders in, or excuse me, we have local unit leaders in different parts of the state who are now talking with each other that are in different parts of the state because we've been made aware of what their needs are. And we can see that, hey, this local unit over here has already been through that, learn from their experience and let them help you through your process. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need more of around the state or for our parents to come together. I think that I think you said something really important though. If you if you don't have the time, there are a lot of people out there that don't have time truly. I get that. Um it's still though important to sign up, get your email, sign up with the PTA even if you don't ever show up to a PTA meeting, sign up ask for the information, the newsletter that's going to be coming out, you can still have your voice heard without showing up to a meeting. Yeah. If you are knowledgeable and you are in the know and you're getting the information that the PTA is putting out and you have opinions, you want your voice to be heard, 
send an email. Become a member, send an email, say, this is my voice. We need your voice to be heard. So many, I think, parents, my husband and I were just talking about this the other day, where people don't feel like they matter. My voice isn't going to matter. My one voice isn't going to matter, so I'm not going to do anything. If everybody took that stance, we'd have no voices. Your voice does matter. Are you going to be the tipping scale? Who knows? Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But you will make a difference. Be on the side of history of still making a difference, trying. Put forth the effort to send an email of what your thoughts are, what you feel like your needs are. The more parent voices I think that we have coming in, regardless of how they're coming in, the better. Because that we can take that as a state board to legislation. So I think the, the point of all of this was get involved. Speak, get involved, show up. If you can't show up, you can, yes, you can still be a member. Yeah, send an email. Yeah, I got so many different, I I used to get a lot of questions, I feel a lot of questions that were around, hey, I don't have any time to volunteer, nothing. Why do I even need to be a member? And I was like, because your number matters. Like when Mm -hmm. we're standing in front of our legislators saying, hey, I stand here and I represent 6,000 people, not just one person. Yeah. And so there's just a lot of different ways to get involved. And I'm really looking forward to Advocacy Day. And I'm really looking forward to seeing some of our membership together and hearing from all of you and also being able to represent Idaho PTA in front of our legislators. It's going to be a great day. It is. It's going to be amazing. And I think to the point of it's Advocacy Day, but also to end this podcast it's advocacy period so yes we are having a special day dedicated to advocacy for children with our legislation but pta is dedicated to advocacy every day of the year and i hope that message is really uh clear that we need you to advocate your voice and your child's voice hopefully that day but if not Anytime we'll work. We'll take it. Yes. So we will but come January 23rd. January 23rd. Capitol building, nine o'clock. In the Lincoln Auditorium. In the Lincoln Auditorium. We'll see you there. See you there.